Welcome back to Well, That's Interesting. The dump is a fun word edition. I mean, <laughs> it, really, it is. really is. It's it's a great <laughs> word. Although I will say I am a little bit worried about yeah. how we're going to use it today. <laughs> <laughs> today is in between 063. Florida dumped two million tires in the ocean uh, with good intentions. Okay. <laughs> And period poops are real. They are. They're totally real. They are. <laughs> it's a thing. I'm glad someone is talking about it. Finally. Which is us. That's right. Of right course. Now. Of course. <laughs> we us. are the ones who are stepping up to the plate and talking about this. Yeah, it's blood and shit. Sign us up. It <laughs> fucking happens, That's man. Right. Fucking happens. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Uh, I'm Jill Chacha, and I am with just, just... Uh, just, you know, ready to talk about blood and shit, Marissa Riley. That's me. <laughs> I am always ready to talk about blood and shit. Um, and I'm just thrilled that I get to talk about both of those things at the same time today. Yeah, let's do it. I, uh, what an honor. Thank you. <laughs> if this is your first time listening, uh, welcome to the flock. Welcome. <laughs> Dr. Riley here comes in cold and learns everything in real time, just like you. So. It, it's true. I really didn't know what we were going to talk about other than um, Jill gave me a hint and mm-hmm. said, um, it's probably something I've experienced. Yes. And I was like, well, I've experienced like <laughs> so many things That's true. that doesn't help at all. No. Um, but I'm, yeah. real, I'm really good at that. Giving, giving hints that are just giving hints that that are not helpful at all. Make it even more like mysterious. <laughs> I, I just, yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Let's t- let's talk about let's talk about this shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, let's begin. Let's begin by heading back in time to a decade that conjures a flood of mental images when its two words are spoken: the seventies. Yes, good times, yeah. weird times. <laughs> I, mm, you're right. Flood of mental images. <laughs> Lots of ups and downs yeah, are happening felt, in my brain. Yeah, I, just, I felt it. Yeah, I, I felt it. Now, if in that avalanche of imagined photos you pictured coked-up folks jetting around on boats along Florida's coast, you're not too far off. Ah, I was close. Yeah. (laughs) Join me, will you, in 1974, as we stand on the beautiful sandy beaches of Broward County in, you guessed it, the Sunshine State. Good times. That's right. Let's do it. And we're not alone by any means. Uh, Next to us is Ray McAllister. Okay. Good old Ray. (laughs) a professor of ocean engineering at Florida Atlantic University and co-founder of the Broward Artificial Reef Inc. Company. I love the word Broward. Um, I just want to point out that it has the word bro in it. Yes. And Ray McAllister is a very bro-y name. (laughs) And um, yeah, that's the only connection I've made today. That's the most amount of thinking I've done so far. And yeah, he has to be the co-founder. He has to be the co-founder. Also, I always get so nervous when you say like a very like (laughs) bro-y name like this. I'm like, am I supposed to know who this is? Is, Was this a president that I forgot about? (laughs) I always get stressed. You're like, Ray McAllister. I'm like, oh, yeah. President you know, McAllister. Co-founder of the Broward. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, together, we're looking out about a mile into the Atlantic where Osborne Reef can be found. Sweet. Now, where is this exactly? Well, my friends, if you imagine the unfortunate shape of Florida yeah. and, <laughs> and point to the very tip. Okay. 
Uh, you'll find Miami. Ah. Now move your finger about an inch north, and you're in Broward County, uh, home to Fort Lauderdale and Osborne Reef. Ah, sounds good. Yeah. Uh, it's an artificial reef made of, at the moment, just concrete blocks. Wait, what? Yeah, but this is about to change. Okay. It, it gets better. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Yeah. Pause. A reef. Yeah. Artificial? It's an artificial reef, yeah. Okay, so when I imagine a reef, I imagine like um, underwater flora mm-hmm. over a large uh, space. Yeah, absolutely. and so this is fake. So it's a fake reef for all the like the little animals that live down there. So yeah. So they built like fake little flora, like um, the, the animals are real. No, the things are real, but like the the coral the, and stuff. The, it's uh, it's like um, a makeshift. It's like an apartment building for reef that i've never heard of this before yeah, yeah. this is 100 percent new to me oh, you, you never heard of like when we dump like subway cars into the ocean so they can become reefs literally no one has ever told me about this <laughs> listeners have you heard of this am i yes. the last person to learn about uh 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 man-made reefs and president McAllister? <laughs> oh my god so and it, sunken ships are artificial reefs there you God. go. Yeah, the Titanic is an artificial has become, reef. Yeah, has become an artificial reef. Because things live there now. Yeah, that's right. <gasps> there you go. Oh, my God. Tell me more. Okay. So, uh, also, I want to keep keep those images in mind. Those okay. large stationary items. <laughs> I, I can do that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Okay. So, right now it's concrete blocks, but this is about to change. Out there on the water surface is quite the scene. There's at least a hundred privately owned boats eagerly zipping about waiting for the signal. Oh, the signal. Mm. With them in classic over-the-top military industrial complex American fashion is the U.S. military ship, the USS Thrush. Mm, That's right. Good old Thrush. And, <laughs> and her crew also awaits the signal. Okay. My friends, for this, we need to look up. Be- okay. Because it is there we will see the Goodyear blimp in all her plump glory. This story keeps getting <laughs> just so good, more right? random. Yes. I, <laughs> I thought I knew where we were going. I, I'm lost. Classic Florida story here. Classic Florida <laughs> it's story. It's got the Goodyear blimp involved. How? What are we doing, Florida? <laughs> so. I am amazed but also confused all the time by you. That's so great. So, at some point during that spring afternoon, the blimp dropped a gold-painted tire into the ocean to commemorate the start of a colossal dump. Colossal dump is my new favorite phrase. Um, <laughs> just, I just, I'm, I'm, I I'm a poet. <laughs> you really are a at poet. At the end of the day. Colossal dump. So, following its splashdown, civilians tossed hundreds of their own old tires into the sea. Oh. The USS Thrush dropped thousands upon thousands of goal, uh, of tire bundles simultaneously, uh, many of them old, many of them brand new, as they were donated by the Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company. What are we doing? Yeah. In just a few short moments, approximately two million rubber tires were scattered, uh, enough to cover 36 acres of ocean floor. That's a lot of ocean floor. Yes, it is. So much ocean floor. Now, I know what you're thinking. Why? Why would we do this? Well, remember Ray, President Ray? Uh, Yeah, yeah. uh, yeah. President (laughs) McAllister. (laughs) Yeah, and professor of ocean engineering. Mm -hmm. Well, he told CBS News back in 2007, the idea 
behind it all was to solve America's old tire problem. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a problem. <laughs> of all the problems. And I... I, I've already formulated, I, I didn't even let you finish your sentence. I love that of all the problems we have so beautifully solved in America, it's the old tire problem has been moved to the top of the line ahead of cancer, war, um, homelessness, homelessness, food insecurity, food, uh, uh, systemic racism, every, the old tire problem God comes first. <laughs> We're solving this. We're, We're doing, doing this today. This is the year. This is our year, old tire problem. Okay. So, okay, sorry. Finish the podcast. I, know. <laughs> I hear you. So, yeah, to solve America's old tire problem and, quote, provide habitat for marine critters so we could double or triple marine life in the area. That's a great, okay. I mean, that kind of solves a little. (laughs) It's a little better. It's a little better. You know, it it was a feel-good twofer, my friends. Uh, We win by ridding our trash. Yeah. And nature wins uh, as that trash can be used by animal life and grow out the reef. Okay, pause. Back to my rant. So (laughs) I just, why can't we do this with more things? Mm. Like, why can't yeah, we gotta take get a problem yeah. and then and then solve three other problems with mm. it? Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, we'll get into that because sometimes it backfires. That's why we're here today. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I was so optimistic. Okay, tell me how it goes bad. Okay, so, uh, I mean, who wouldn't want to join this groovy-ass plan? Yeah. So- <laughs> I, I'm amazed by it. Sorry. Even the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers was all in. And, of course, so was Goodyear, like, from the start. They were on their corporate high horses about this since 1972 when they sent out a press release that stated the dump would, quote, provide a haven for fish and other aquatic species. Oh. And noted the, quote, excellent properties of scrap tires as reef material, end quote. Yeah, yeah well. It sounds very PRE. <laughs> yes. So, eventually the dance party that was the 70s faded, and the hangover was to begin. Uh, fast forward to the early 2000s when the consequences of that one day were finally felt. I totally forgot this happened in the 70s. Yeah. I, I know, it could have happened any time, right? It could have really, I, I <laughs> thought it, I kept like, I'm so tired from just like life, and I, I just like... <laughs> I don't know why my brain pushed it up to like 2020 and like people sure. had the time to do this. Sure. And uh, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Anyways, that's where my okay, but now I'm remembering it's yeah. the 70s, mid 70s, and then and this was a, early 2000s wake up call. Yeah, yeah. This may have literally been a pipe dream. So. <laughs> so, Dr. Marissa, please tell us what Ray McAllister told CBS News about this feel good twofer. I I would love to <laughs> quote President McAllister for you right now. All right. <laughs> quote, it just didn't work out that way. <laughs> I look back now and see it was a bad idea. End quote. New quote. Uh, We literally dumped millions of tires in our oceans. Jack Sobel, a senior ocean uh, conservancy scientist, added, quote, I believe that people who were behind the artificial tire reef promotions actually were well-intentioned and thought they were doing the right thing. In hindsight, we now realize... (laughs) We made a mistake. End quote. 
I am such a dipshit because, like, my initial thought was, like, they're throwing trash in the ocean. They were. That was my initial thought. And then, like, when you started, like, talking more, I was like, this is a good thing. This is a great thing. And it was good intentions, and if, yeah. And if that worked on me, like, yes. and, and I mean, I'm not the smartest girl, but You're- I am sometimes. And so it makes me think of like everyone in the 70s, yeah. just easily convinced, like, no, no, no graphs, nothing. Just, not a thing. I, this just will a, work. It was a great idea. Yeah, there was at least 100 boats out there with people just throwing their trash into the, into the, into the ocean. So you aren't alone. Oh no one's God. alone in this. So, <clears throat> yeah, lots of regret here. What happened? Well, my friends, I'd like you to imagine a row of tires. Okay. And through those tires is a rope okay. tying them together. Okay. Now, this was the same layout for the majority of tires dropped that day. But my friends, the equipment used was nylon rope and steel clips. Okay. Materials that salt water corrodes easily over time. Of course. This lack of foresight resulted in two million loose tires that could literally end up just about anywhere. Oh my God. Uh, Not only can they be swept away with tides and thrown about during storms, their constant mobility means there was no way for marine life to attach long enough to call a tire home. Oh my God. So they basically turn the ocean into a giant bowl of Cheerios. Yeah. Um, That's it. That's exactly right. That fish can't live in. Yep. There you go. It doesn't even <laughs> sort of work. No, not even a little. No, not a thing. Oh my god. Yeah, this land trash is now just sea trash. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> get this, it's actually killing actual reef. Of course it is. <laughs> so, Dr. Marissa, please tell us how these flailing roaming tires are literally impacting the ocean. I, I... Would love to. All right. (laughs) From CBS News article, uh, from the CBS News article, reef tires create Florida ocean nightmare. Quote, thousands have wedged up against nearby the nearby natural reef some 70 feet below the sea surface, blocking coral growth and devastating marine life. I'm laughing because I'm uncomfortable. Um, (laughs) That's, that's our show. Basically. That's our show, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're constantly killing coral destruction. Uh, they're a constantly killing coral destruction machine, uh, said William Knuckles, coordinator for Coastal America, a federal group involved with organizing a cleanup effort that includes uh, Broward County biologists, state scientists, and Army and Navy salvage divers, end quote. Uh, so they messed up so hard. Hard, man. And it's it's ruining the coral. It's a coral killing machine. Mm-hmm. It's ruining the marine life they yes. were trying to help. Yeah. Did someone yeah, even think a little bit about this? Uh, I guess like not. A little, like even just a little bit, <laughs> you know? Oh, boy. I mean... These quotes are pretty devastating. They're really, they're, they're and, really and devastating. And look at all of the people involved with cleaning this yes, up. Yeah, put a pin in that. Okay. Put a pin in that. So many groups. The fucking so, army and navy. <laughs> so now, like we said, those quotes are devastating. But video says a whole lot more. Yeah. So let's head on over to YouTube. Good times. Let's do it. <laughs> Dr. Marissa, I would like to show you a just a fraction of an eight-minute video. Okay. And it's a pretty simple one. It's just of two scuba divers meandering through one section of Osborne Reef. And uh, please tell us what you see, and don't be afraid to describe the chaos. Uh, keep in mind that cleanup 
you know, the, the cleanup crew, what, how you would feel looking at this. So, okay. Okay. And if you at home would like to swim along, search Project Baseline Osborne Reef on YouTube and it'll come right up. Uh, it is an eight minute video, but we're going to start at like four minutes in, four and a half minutes in. Uh, Dr. Marissa, let me pull that up for you. <coughs> I'm ready. All right. Should I make this bigger? Make it as big as possible. <laughs> okay. And be prepared to pause immediately. Yeah. You know how much I love a, a pause. Okay, here we go. All right. Okay, so I've got two divers. Um, I can see one of them. The other one, we're, we kind of have a POV view. And we're looking at the bottom of the ocean, and it is absolutely covered. Please pause. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is. It literally looks like a bowl of Cheerios. Yeah. Um, midway through, you finished eating it. Like, it, it, they're everywhere on the floor of yeah. this ocean. Like, they are everywhere there's a few patches that don't have uh tires but those patches are very small yeah um this is a mess yeah it's a mess and uh did you also notice that there's nothing else yeah <laughs> oh there there's that too there really is nothing else yeah um the oh fish. that's really sad yeah, there's really no depressing. fish there's no fish there's just really it's just these two there's like one divers. bush but it's not doing great it's <laughs> like it's like, where did my family go? Yeah. yeah. So um, I'll just keep playing this. I do, okay. I just, All right. So we're, we're getting closer. Hold on. <clears throat> yeah, we're stopping. Let me fast forward to 533. So. Okay. Okay. Take me to 533. Oh, oh, my God. Pause. Pause. Floor, is, floor of the ocean is coated, fully coated. <clears throat> there are piles as well. There's, I see a few piles where they're actually like before they were just all flat next to each other. And now they're in piles yeah. as well. So not only are they flat across the floor of this ocean, they're in piles and um, there's nothing living here. No. It is sad. Yeah. It's a desert of tires. It's, it's a uh, desert of tires. Yeah. And this goes on for almost nine minutes. Oh my God. Yeah, what I know. have we done? So let me uh, get out of there and... <clears throat> Get back to my notes. Uh, needles to say, this is a mess. This is terrible. <laughs> but a very special kind of mess. Of remember, remember, this is all mobile. Imagine a pile of laundry that you have to do, just okay. sitting there in one corner, right? After weeks of planning and getting friends together to help you out, you know, with this massive as fuck pile, you all show up finally on the day, but that pile has moved. Whoa. Oh, no! That's right. That's what you meant by mobile? Yeah. Oh, because of the tides. No. That's right. They're they're just loose. And, oh, and they're too light. No. Yeah. That's one issue with this cleanup. It's a logistical nightmare so bad that the US military, Coast Guard, and various contracted companies have been tag teaming since 2007. No, that's so long. <laughs> Working during non-hurricane seasons, removal has been painfully slow but steady. Uh, for example, in 2007, they were able to remove 10,000 tires. Okay, okay. 2008, a little better at 44,000. Okay. Uh, 2009 was a hit as 73,000 tires were removed. Now, that's a hell of a lot. Yeah. But you have to remind yourself, there's 2 million out there. Oh, no, I totally forgot that number. So when you were like, <laughs> they got 44,000, I'm like, oh, my God, they're almost done. And um, I'm wrong. It's uh, Two million, yeah. Dr. Mursa, at that rate, how long do you think it would take to gather up all them tires? I don't think they're going to finish it ever. I think 
something else is going to uh, be more important first. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah I'm not saying the ocean isn't important. It's extremely important. But just knowing Americans, our oh, priorities yeah. are... I mean... <laughs> that's our priorities. Um, I think it will take them another... Mm-hmm. 50 years. That's a great guess. I really like that guess because honestly, no one really knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the removal is still going on and it's 2021. As of November 2019, the Industrial Divers Corporation has been removing 2,000 to 5,000 tires a week. Oh my God. Wrapping, racking up a total of 250,000 so far. Oh my God. Which means there's only about a million and change left to go. Oh my God. So it was a mighty big dump that beautiful day in the 70s. What a dump. Mm-hmm. What, what a dump. A dump. So um, after the break, if you or someone you know has periods, yeah. stay tuned. Yes. We're talking period poops. Yes, we are. Finally. Stay tuned. Please do. There are really many reasons to listen to our podcast, Big Picture Science. It's kind of a challenge to summarize them all, Molly. Okay, here's a reason to listen to our show, Big Picture Science, because you love to be surprised by science news. We love to be surprised by science news. So, for instance, I learned on our own show that I had been driving around with precious metals in my truck before it was stolen. That was brought up in our show about precious metals and also rare metals, like most of the things in your catalytic converter. I was surprised to learn that we may begin naming heat waves like we do hurricanes. You know, prepare yourself for heat wave Lucifer. I don't think I can prepare myself for that. Look, we like surprising our listeners. We like surprising ourselves by reporting new developments in science and while asking the big picture questions about why they matter and how they will affect our lives today and in the future. Well, we can't affect lives in the past, right? No, I I guess that's a point. (laughs) So the podcast is called Big Picture Science and you can hear it wherever you get your podcasts. We are the hosts. Seth is a scientist. I'm a science journalist. And we talk to people smarter than us. We hope you'll take a listen. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Hey everyone, Jill Chacha here from Well That's Interesting and I am absolutely thrilled to tell you about Spotify for Podcasters. I use it, I love it, and it all started by downloading the free Spotify for Podcasters app, which has all the tools you need in one place to record and edit your masterpiece of a podcast. Spotify for Podcasters also distributes your show to all major platforms. So when you hit publish, your episodes will stream not only on Spotify, but I'm talking about the Apples, the Googles, Stitcher, Good Pods, the other ones, <laughs> you, 
get the idea. And you can monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership required. You could also set up monthly subscriptions and record ads just like this one. So what are you waiting for? Download Spotify for Podcasters today and start changing the world. Oh, and please, stay interesting. And we're back. We are so back. We're so back. And we're on the Twitter. We are so on the Twitter. <laughs> I just realized Twitter rhymes with shitter. Oh. oh that's terrible. Podcast over. It's just the absolute we'll worst. We'll just leave. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're on the Twitter, but don't worry, though. We're about to read a, an incredible thread by the amazing Dr. Jen Gunter. Cool. OBGYN. Amazing. New York Times. <laughs> New York Times contributor and author of The Vagina Bible. Fun. And The Menopause Manifesto. Good times. Great titles. Uh, Dr. Marissa, I thought we could alternate reading her tweets. What do you say? I say, yeah. hell yes. All right, great. So on November 19th, 2019, she tweeted thusly, quote, period diarrhea is the worst. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was me. It's due to the prostaglandins that are released. I learned that in medical school when I was 20, and I so wish I had known it when I was 14. Yeah. Knowing why your body's doing something is so helpful, even if medically it doesn't fix anything. Mm-hmm. I had killer cramps and super heavy periods. Used to wear those massive overnight maxis from the (laughs) 80s. Oh my God. All the time. The ones the size of a Kleenex box and change every two to three hours, which by the way is abnormal. But oh my God, the diarrhea. Some days, 10 or more trips to the bathroom. (laughs) Taking an NSAID, like ibuprofen, before your period starts and taking it around the clock for two to three days can reduce period diarrhea. I couldn't take them, though, because I have kidney disease. Crying emoji. Ugh. <laughs> sucks. Uh, can we talk about the volume of toilet paper you use when you have period diarrhea? I swear, this thread uh, just gave me bowel cramps and anal spasms. End quote. Oh my God, Dr. Jen, you're a hero. I'm so glad someone's talking about this, but but this does suck. This it, really sucks. It does suck. Anal spasms. Um, just wanted to say that myself. Anal spasms. <laughs> Do it at home. Do it at work. Sure say, say it, it out loud. Anal, Anal spasms. spasms. Amazing. Amazing. (laughs) Dr. Jen is like many of us, for real. Uh, One study published in the online journal BMC Biomed Central found that a whopping 73% of people who have periods experience period-related gastrointestinal symptoms and bowel movement changes like constipation, diarrhea, or more frequent bowel movements. Uh, Some of us experience all of those Um, in a row, alternating. Yeah. at the same time, think about it. Yep. It's be real. confused by it. <laughs> understand it. That's right. On your own time. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> I am definitely one of those 73%. Uh, we're all different, but with my experience, there's usually like a little constipation beforehand. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, boy, howdy, it's smooth sailing during a period, you know? Uh, yeah. Same. Same. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can never believe, like, Always like, I never keep track of my periods, and I don't know, I, I wonder if other people have periods actually keep track. It's always a mystery to me. Yeah. So like, <laughs> the week before, I'll, I'll be like, oh my god, why am I so much 
bigger? And yeah. why is nothing in my gastrointestinal system working? <laughs> and then it works too well. Yeah. And then I lose like half of my body weight. <laughs> I didn't even know I could. Yeah, it's impressive. Yeah. Sometimes it's just almost impressive. Yeah. yeah. Was that TMI? Who cares? Who cares? That's, that's why we're here. This is the reality. <laughs> that's why we're here. So yeah. the big question, why? Why for the love of God? Well, let's start with some small, cool facts about what comes out of you or someone you know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you sound genuinely worried. It's great. Uh-huh. So, well, it's actually, it's cool stuff. Stick with me. Okay. So during one other study published on USA.gov, doctors collected blood samples from participants used tampons and ran some analysis. Uh, the mix include included cells from the uterus, immune cells, good old-fashioned vaginal secretions, cool. and yeah, good old-fashioned blood. Good times. Yeah. But get this. There were, there were like 385 additional unique proteins detected that aren't usually present in vaginal secretions or floating around in your blood. What? Yeah. So in the future, figuring out this maze of proteins and their combinations will probably help other body parts when it comes to regeneration and healing. But but yeah. have we gotten to that yet? Or are we just too busy putting tires in the ocean? Tires. tires. We prioritize the tires. tire problem. Oh, tires. All the way. Ahead of yeah. um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, people with uteruses. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Just wanted to we check in there. Yeah. <laughs> so why is this... Why would this help other body parts? That's because the uterus can shed its lining and cells over and over again, but not become scarred. And those proteins probably have something to, to, to do with preventing that good old uterus from becoming inflamed, infected, or damaged after a cycle, generally speaking. Wow. I'm yeah. so amazed by, like, that system. It's mind-blowing. It's mind the- the shit it does all the time, yeah. it is working so hard. You don't have to clean it. <laughs> you, I mean, you should clean the outside of it, but like it cleans itself. It's magical. Yeah. Yeah. It takes care of itself. When it's sick, it'll fix itself. Sometimes. <laughs> Just sometimes. So you should still see a doctor yes. <laughs> if something's freaking you out. <laughs> so good things are ahead with more studies. But in the meantime, we want to know about the poop. Yeah. So... Well, in that tweet, Dr. Jen mentioned a hormone called prostaglandin. Mm-hmm. That's a long word. Yeah. I've practiced it for days. So- you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Marissa, please tell us from medicalnewstoday.com, what the heck is this? I would love to talk about it. All right. Quote, just before menstruation, the body releases hormones known as prostaglandins. Nailed it. Yeah. These hormones... hormones Uh, stimulate muscle contractions in the uterus. These contractions help the body shed the uterus lining and hurt like a bitch. Mm -hmm. Um, At the same time, the period hormones may stimulate muscle contractions in the intestines and bowels, which are close to the uterus, causing more frequent bowel movements. They also reduce how well the body absorbs water, making the stool softer and increasing the risk of diarrhea. It can be difficult to tell the difference between uterus cramps and stomach or intestinal cramps at this time. Both may be uncomfortable Mm -hmm. or painful. 
Yes. They are. Yeah. Uh, prostaglandins <laughs> are also involved in many other PMS symptoms, including headaches. End quote. I don't like these very much. I realize they are uh, doing a very important function, which mm-hmm. is to rattle shit up. Yeah. Um, but that's interesting that they affect cramping in all other parts yeah, of can, that zone. Yeah, like, whoops, sorry about that. Yeah, they, you should be. It hurts. <laughs> it's, so, it's so weird. And then you have to spend a lot of time in the bathroom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's functional, but it fucking sucks. Uh, especially when prostaglandin ends up in your intestines, making them contract. Totally sucks. But good news. This hormone doesn't act alone. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry, there's one other that helps you uh, in giving the poops, uh, and it's a little bit more well-known, uh, progesterone. I've heard of it. Yeah. Uh, this one helps maintain pregnancies by keeping things in place, let's just say, and a side effect of that is constipation. Ah! During pregnancies, though, this hormone, uh, these hormone levels may drop, which will have the opposite effect. Okay. So medicalnewstoday.com also notes that, quote, progesterone may increase feelings of hunger and can have uh, and can cause cravings for food high in fat or sugar. As a real, real one. Totally. Uh, the body has a hard time di- digesting these foods, and eating more of them can affect a person's bowel movements. End quote. So, so hold on. Yeah. Yeah. It's just funny that like something makes you crave something you can't digest. Yes. In your body. Or digest well, yeah. It's kind of, uh, what's the word? Cruel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did this to myself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no. sorry. I'm just spiraling at like the many things in my body. Like so many things in your body are working to like help you. And this one is just like doing it in the cruelest way. Yeah. It's pretty cruel. Yeah. It's, um. I, I love my body and I'm oh, happy yeah. it's working and all that stuff. But Oh, I just wish we could figure out a different. <laughs> yeah, can we talk about it? <laughs> we, yeah, could we talk about can it? Talk maybe about like this? a news that will work something else out. Yeah. I, maybe make me crave kale. That would be so fun. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny though? It'll never happen. Uh, so there you have it, from top to bottom, inside and out. Uh, some additional good news: people who have periods only have to deal with this for about forty years. <laughs> <laughs> times the end the end so yay period Uh, yeah period poops are real uh thank you for listening subscribing telling your friends about why you're pooping so much yeah thank you so much (laughs) or why they're pooping so much yeah um if if you've experienced any of these things and want to elaborate or just trauma bond yeah uh dm us maybe maybe you know something that we didn't cover today i would love to hear about it let's start a thread on twitter our own twitter thread let's be so loud about it if you if you want to tweet to us about your period shits do you want to do it in (laughs) all caps I'm tired of being quiet about this. Yeah. I got a little nervous when I saw the subject, but I was like, I don't want to be nervous about this anymore. We have to talk about the period shits. That's right. Marching in the streets. All caps, y'all. Let's yeah. do it. All caps. And please, stay interesting. Oh, please do.